0: Great to share the words of God today. Yay, my last (laughs) sermon of the year. (laughs) So, um, yeah, thank you, Oren, for leading us worship today. Very wonderful. And um, before we start, let us just read from the words of God Esther chapter 4, verse 12 to 17. Esther chapter 4, 12 to 17. So when Esther's words were reported to Mordecai, she sent back to this answer. Do not think that because you are in the king's house, you alone of all the, what is that? night or day. I and my attendants will fast as you do. When this is done, I will go to the king, even though it is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went away and carried out all of Esther's instruction. This is the words of the Lord. Let us pray. Dear Heaven Father, thank you so much for this beautiful morning we can worship with you we can learn from your words bless the congregation as you have blessed me through Esther chapter 4 that we can know what the things that we can let go and let God thank you for everyone who are serving today in this name we pray amen so you know, I'm not sure if you are very familiar with uh, the book of Esther, but it is also one of my favorite book in the Bible. A short background story before we enter Esther four, The Persian king, King Xerxes, who ruled over 127 provinces from India to Kuz, had a queen. So this king's also named Ahasuerus. Her name was Queen Vashti. In the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for a full 180 days for his nobles and officials. So, can you imagine having partying for 180 days and doing nothing? Well, it will be, probably drive me crazy not, for not being able to be productive because I took three days' vacation by myself and then I just like, why not? You know, just like, I didn't know what to do with myself. 180 days. So at the end of the banquet, he had another seven days for the least to the greatest man in Susa, which was the capital of the Persian empire. And on the seventh day, he was in high spirits from drinking wine and he felt like to displaying his queen's beauty to the people and novels because since he was so lovely to look at. So just like queen. You know, let the people see how lovely you are. Well, you know, the decision that a person makes after drinking can be very unreasonable and dangerous. The queen had high respect for herself and didn't want to be objectified. And she was also hosting his, her own party for the women. So she refused to come and it cost her the crown because the king was furious for being rejected. And he listened to the advice of one of the seven wise men. His name is Memukan, to strip Vesti's title as the queen. So it was a punishment for the queen and a lesson for the rest of the women in the kingdom to respect their husband. I don't think that was the best way to get respect from your wife. Do you know how, what is the best way to get respect from your wife? Do the dishes after dinner. <laughs> then you get the respect from your wife. So Queen Vashti was out as the queen and because of the results of a beauty contest, Esther became the new queen. So Esther was an orphan Jew who was taken care by Mordecai, her cousin. Even though Mordecai, you know, just like a cousin, but She called Mordecai as uncle because he raised Esther as his own daughter. But nobody knew that Esther was a Jew because her uncle asked her to keep it as a secret since they were the people who were carried into exile from Jerusalem by the king of Babylon. So after Esther was made queen, King Ahasuerus also honored Haman, the Agagite elevating him and giving him a seat of honor higher than that all of the other nobles. All the royal officials kneel and paid Haman honor except for Mordecai. And it enraged Haman because he was thirsty for respect and could not take no for an answer from other people. Therefore, he took Mordecai's refusal to kneel as an insult and was scheming to kill not only him, but also the rest of the people. Wow, we can see a narcissistic at the highest level here and how a person's anger can be so destructive. One man's grudge against another escalated into a full scale genocidal attack on one clan and it also happened in the history, you know, not long ago. So unbelievable, so dramatic. When I read the Bible, I'm just like, sometimes the Bible is more dramatic than Korean drama. You know, it's just like Korean drama is already so dramatic, but it is more dramatic. So the other possibility that Haman, the Agagites, wanted to destroy the Jews because they were descendants of King Agag the Amalekites that was spared by King Saul. So he was the last Amalekite. And then King Saul said, okay, I'm going to let you go. So this is the descendants of King Agag. Having said that, the the Jews and Agagites had been longstanding enemies for almost 500 years. So if you cultivate hate in your heart, it will impact not only you, but the generation to come. Okay, it will impact for a long time. So to exercise his plan, Haman had to get a decree, decree from the king by instigating a belief that the Jews didn't obey the king's law and the king should not tolerate them because they had different lifestyles. In addition, Haman made a pledge to give 10,000 talents of silver to the king's administrators from the royal treasury. If the king issued a decree to destroy the Jews, it's like, can I kill everyone and then I'll give you a lot of money. So the king gave Haman the authority to carry out the plan. And the decree was announced. The date of the genocide towards the Jews was chosen from the lot. So in less than a year, All the Jews in the 127 provinces would be killed. And the news broke out. Have you ever had that kind of news that somebody is going to kill you at a certain day? That you have to expect that day you are going to be killed? The news broke out, and the capital city of Susa was bewildered. And in the beginning of Esther chapter four, we could see Mordecai's reaction toward the news. He was grieving, he tore his clothes, put on sackcloth and ashes and went out into the city wailing loudly and bitterly. The Jews were mourning, fasting, weeping and wailing. Mordecai and the rest of the Jews in every province were not overreacting. Their lives were at stake. They just received the death penalty. They were helpless and hopeless. So here's the thing, I want you to think about it. Okay, for probably 30 seconds. What was the worst news you had ever received in your life? What was the worst news that you had ever received in your life? And what was your reaction? Okay. So when i was 10 years old my mother told my my father told my mom that he would not be he would not come home anymore he just want to leave the family it was very hard to swallow but i had i was so sad but i held back my tears I think that's why i'm just like you know i have to be very strong don't cry in front of your mom because she needs your support and Then when i was 17 years old You know, a riot against Chinese-Indonesians happened in Indonesia. Because Chinese people, they are also always doing so well. So if the economy was bad, then just like, it is the Chinese. You know, so they have to attack the Chinese. And then the worst news is when they say, they are here to get us. And then all the girls have to hide. And then, you know, I also received countless of ex- rejection from job application in the past. You know, thank you for your interest, but, and you understand, the but, you know. I have a couple friends who got cancer, and then they passed away, and then my husband got laid off, and I was jobless, and my father passed away on Thanksgiving Day, so it's always bittersweet on Thanksgiving Day. And when I got a phone call, when I was meeting a client, you know, it is, it is very bad to get a phone call when you're meeting a cl- client if from the doctor, you know. It's like, well, Ruth, you know, your eight embryos are not viable. It's just, like, okay, sorry about that. And you have to, you know, just like still be professional meeting with your client. so just like a lot of just like bad news, you know, and the news. The, the worst news for a pastor is when you get an email from one of your congregation, that I got the email, you know, I think the first week I started at Connection Church, I never even met this family. And then he said, oh, we are leaving the church. Great. You know, my first week, you are leaving the church. So all of us have received bad news before and have gone through crisis. Perhaps our bad news or crisis were not as bad as the one Mordecai and his people received. Sometimes we are hopeful in the midst of our helplessness. Mordecai had a ray of hope amidst the bad news because Queen Esther was also a Jew. He asked asked her to go into the king's presence to beg for mercy and plead with him for her people. However, even as a queen, you know, she couldn't just like see the king whenever she pleased. The king had to summon the person whom he wanted to meet. That would be very nice, right? It's like, Kyle, now there's the time that you can see me. (laughs) The rest of the time, just go to the basement. So the king had to summon the person whom he wanted to meet and showing up before the king without a summons meant death. Not to mention that the king had not called Esther to see him for a month. Esther was in fear for her own life if she had to follow Mordecai's instruction. So when we are going through crisis, we are sometimes overwhelmed by fear. What is your fear? Okay, what was the best, the worst news? And what is your fear? So I'm always worried about my mom's health. I'm fearful that something will happen to her that I don't have the opportunity to see her again since she lived almost 10,000 miles away. I think, you know, for the past, since I was 18, now I'm 41, you can do the math. I only saw my mom for less than five times. And then second, our Chinese prep students, Jerry and Luna, are driving now. Just like, ah. <laughs> Even though I'm not their mother, but in the past, I took care of students who got into bad car accidents. One of them was paralyzed. And seeing the situation caused trauma and fear. And of course, I'm nervous for our new drivers because their parents are so far away. And then third, going through the safety plan training brought out a bit of anxiety in me because we are doing our best to protect the kids and everyone in the church. And then I'm praying that nothing bad will happen. So I'm just like praying that there's just like, you know, a good training that we don't even need to use it one day, any single day. And I chose this passage as the landing spot of our Let Go and Let God series because I was reminded by Esther's Decision when she was facing the crisis that she and her people had to face. Yes, she must be very fearful in the beginning. However, she was challenged and reminded by Mordecai that she had been in her royal position for the situation like this. Sometimes people can rely on us during crisis, like Mordecai was relying on Esther to solve the problem. But Esther knew that she couldn't rely on the counsel from the wise men in the palace and making some strategic plans. I'm a problem solver and very strategic in my thinking. You know, Pastor Joy Anglesman uh, led the strain finder training uh, this past Tuesday. And then imagine we have so many strategic thinking people in our staff and then volunteer. I'm just like, wow, we are so strategic. We are going to grow because we are so strategic people, you know. (laughs) But Pastor Joy also reminded us, when we have too many strategic people, (laughs) sometimes it's not working because everyone has their own plans, right? So it is a gift from God to create a lot of strategic people at the church. So also create me this way, you know. Nevertheless, during my three-day retreat in early August, I had to force myself to to not have a plan, to just let go of all the jobs and responsibilities that I have and to wait upon the Lord. It was difficult. Even so, I still did a lot of things during my (laughs) three days. I don't think I can do three months. (laughs) Three days is okay. It was not easy so i i learned during my mini retreat that there is one thing that i cannot let go of which is to let god take care of me and take the control of my life because when when i was on vacation you know i do my schedule exactly the every minute with the things i have to do you know and then kyle was, always went crazy on vacation because I'm just like okay you know when the bus come and then when the train come just like every single minute is You know, the itinerary. If you need a travel agent, you know who to find. (laughs) Me. (laughs) I'll make sure you have a lot of backup plan if the thing's not working. So it is difficult to to let God take care of me and to take the control, to let him to take the control of my life. As all of my fear that I mentioned earlier, I cannot control any of it. I cannot control if something happened to Jerry when he's driving, you know. I cannot control what will happen to my mom. I cannot control a lot of things. I just need to trust God. So when Esther said yes to Mordecai, she knew what it meant that she said yes and to let go of the possibility to lose her crown or even life. What is the letting go that you have to do? What is the letting go that you have to do? Is it the sense of control, anger, bitterness, feeling like a failure that you have to let go or the need to protect your children, the desire to have a spouse? Talked with my friend yesterday, you know, I said, you are 41, the clock is ticking, let's pray hard that you can get a spouse, and then I'm going to pray for her hard. You know, and sometimes it's the hope for the future that we have to let go of because of the unexpected event in our lives. Whatever it is that you have to let go or I have to let go, it is not easy. Some people just like, let go, just let go. Just like, it is not easy. I have to remind myself often and also the people who come to me for some pastoral care. Only God can help us to overcome our crisis in life. Only God can heal our brokenness. Esther showed us how to face the trouble in her life by asking the people who were in Susa to get together and fasting for her for three days, days and night before she went to the king. Fasting and praying seem a passive plan without enough action. How can you just sit there, not eating, doing nothing? I have to eat to have a plan, you know? (laughs) How can you not eat to have a plan? But Esther fasted and prayed for three days, day and night. When we fast and pray, we tell God, I surrender my will, may your will be done. That is the most difficult thing. I don't even believe my GPS. That's why I have to memorize all the route. (laughs) The other job that I can do is a driver because I memorize all the route, you know. I know every single place here because I memorize the map because I don't believe the direction that GPS give me one second before I turn right. Esther didn't, pr- didn't pray by herself, but the whole city and community prayed and fasted for her. She recognized the power of prayer from the community. These three months, I have had the privilege to lead the church along with the staff, sabbatical team, board and volunteers. What I have learned during this process, you know, is the church can keep going because every single person in our congregation loves God, the church, and cares for one another. And thank you for letting go of your time, gifts, and money. I know there are a lot of people who are praying for the church as well. I was glad when one of our Sunday school children, Khalel, told me that the reason he decided to come to Connection Church last year because he could sense everyone was very kind, loving, and happy. So last year, our church went through a lot of struggles. So he came, I think, during summertime before the fall or, you know, just like around that time. So if a new kid who was only eight years old at the time could sense the love, in this, the love in this church, it means we are doing something right, even in the midst of our struggle. Because last year, we only had 20-something people. Okay. It means we as a church is allowing God to work in us so we can reflect the love for one another. Even though Dr. Blomberg said it's not true that we have 100 people. (laughs) Listen to me, Dr. Blomberg. We have 100 people. They are just not here. Yes. We reach out to a lot of people during the week. And a lot of them are not Christians. Okay. So, you know, when we allow God, even in the midst of a struggle, we still can reflect the love of God at, at this church. If we don't allow God to work in our lives, we definitely cannot figure that this is the church who cares for one another. I acknowledge that the church, the struggle that we are having for a small church with limited resources. But I have confidence that our church has been used by God to bless our community. So there's another example. So this summer, during the Lego camp, Levi, Troy, a five-year-old boy said to me, I know why this church is Connection Church. The reason I have to tell them this is Connection Church every single day. So they they remember one day when they grow up, they want to come to Connection Church, you know, because their parents are not coming. I said, I asked him why? It is because you are trying to connect us with God and people. I was just like five year old. I was super speedless and wonder how in the world this young boy could have that kind of understanding. He's so smart. I really want to recruit him. Anna, go get his parents to come here. You know. <laughs> so I asked him back, Do you think we are doing a good job? And then he said, Yes. So I felt a great Comfort to hear his answer because, in the process of serving the children, I have been learning to let go of my own plan and to ask God to show his way to me. Even though I thought Sunday school when I was 16 to 18 years old, you know, when I was 16 to 18 years old, there was a big pause before I picked it up again in 2004 to 2006 when I was an intern pastor in Taiwan. Then I didn't really serve the children directly until last year when I was hired. So Teaching Sunday school was not my plan in January 2021. Just like becoming the queen of Persia wasn't part of Esther's plan. My plan while sitting in the congregational meeting in January 2021, which is last year, was not to lend myself a job, but to get to know connections better so I could probably persuade the Chinese leaders who I used to serve with to be willing to come to Connection Church. Instead, I got a job here and we went to our separate ways. That is sad. And talking about God's interesting plan, here I am. Still here with no agenda, but just loving the kids well. So for us to keep moving forward and become a stronger church, let us ask God to lead our church, to lead the team, to lead Pastor George with a vision from God during his sabbatical. I already have a bunch of questions to ask me. How are you going to lead our church? You know. My hope is that we are as a congregation that we praise a lot because we, when we pray, God works. When we work, we work, okay. When we pray, God works. So at the end, thank you for showing me your appreciation to me last Sunday. I'm very grateful. And thank you for everyone who has been working faithfully behind the scenes. This is my Oscar speech, okay? (laughs) I I just want to thank Chris for showing up every Sunday. Even when he had concussion, he showed up after his concussion. When he told me he had concussion, on Saturday, I was just like, what is my backup plan? I had no backup plan. Thank you for Jeff and Mike for helping with the audio system. Thank you for Marv, because I cannot come at seven o'clock in the morning. (laughs) Since sometimes I have trouble sleeping, you know, I cannot show up at seven. So Marv is the one who opened the door, you know, and for Amy, for Kim, for Jane and Kelly, for all the board and volunteers. Actually, I list everyone's name, but I'm not going to read it, okay? And then I count it. Usually at the church, only 20% of the people serve the church, and we have 80% of the people really serve the church. Okay, that's wonderful. And, you know, just like, thank you for loving this church. And let us make the commitment to let God lead our life and the church. If you want to know the end of Esther's story, it was a happy ending for Esther and God's people. The Bible story is not all happy ending, okay? But this one is a happy ending. God saved his people from the wickedness of Haman, the Agagites. You can read the entire book of Esther. It is not a lot of chapters, only chapters nine, ch- nine chapters. So at the end, we are gathering here to let go and let God. We are reminded of Jesus' last supper with his disciples on how Jesus was letting God to accomplish the salvation plan for his people. The bread and cup, the wimpy bread and cup. (laughs) One day we have to have a great communion, okay? We have to have a feast. This is so wimpy. The bread and cup remind us of the one time sacrifice Jesus made on the cross. And we partake to remember what he did on our behalf. The Bible is saying, for I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night, when he was betrayed, took his bread And when he had given thanks, he broke it. I cannot break it. And said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's spend the time to give thanks to God or ask for his forgiveness before we take this bread. Let's pray.